Enterprise was a total disappointment. Tonight, we're going to try to see what we could do if we made the next Star Trek series. It's Trexticles. Welcome to Trexticles. Uh, my name is Pat Ryan, and with me as always is Jake Fitzenreiter. Jake, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. I'm kind of excited. This is going to be my first uh, show pitch in history. Right, and this this should be pretty good. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing yours. I've got some, some crazy stuff planned in mind. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, was, uh, I spent a lot of this week watching mostly Enterprise, only because... I'm sorry. So, yeah, Enterprise I found to be an entirely disappointing series, and the only reason that I, I started watching it is because that show's very, very heavy on Vulcans. And and I've been reading, um, oh, God, what's it called? It's called, like, The Vulcan Academy Murders, and it, it's a Star Trek book that has, uh, it's almost like a buddy cop drama with uh, James Kirk and Sarek. And so it's, like, this really cool story, and I kind of like the interaction between humans and Vulcans because it's kind of like, especially in this situation, it's got a really good uh, buddy cop sort of feel to it, like good cop, bad cop, uh, logic versus emotion sort of thing. Uh, at any rate, I was watching a whole bunch of Enterprise and it, it's just, I mean, I watched it when it was on because I didn't have any other new Trek to, to cling to, mm. but at the same time, I feel like it fell so much shorter than than like Voyager or TNG or or even Deep Space Nine, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, oh, well, I yeah, I, I think I mean I've made this known many times before, but I think it was kind of the whole Star Trek universe is kind of seems like after the Next Generation just kind of kept going down and down. And down. Yeah, I mean, it's still, but I mean I will say that even the new uh, you know Enterprise and things like that are still as bad as I like to say they are. <laughs> They're still overall. When compared to the whole of television, they're still pretty watchable. Oh, sure. And it's not like I was watching it in agony or anything like that. I was enjoying the episodes just fine. And I I really want to like the concept of seeing Starfleet back when it was, you know, kind of at the early phases, when it was more like the, the military phase. And I, I keep coming back to the idea of uh, wanting a more uh, militaristic Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, that kind of explores that... Um, not really excellently by any stretch of the imagination, but it does kind of touch on a lot of those points. And so I, I enjoy it, but overall it is not the best show. So I, w- I was thinking sort of that put your money where your mouth is sort of thing and being like, well, could I make a better show? And so... We're about to find out, aren't we? Yeah, really. So I texted Jake and I was just like, hey, let's, let's see if we could just do a little bit of uh, Trek speculation, a little bit of Trekulation. Speculations, so, I like that. We've got a... We gotta, Whole new. That's a. That's our first officially named segment. Yeah, right. That's pretty good. It, it's a great pun, if I if I do say so myself. Yeah. Um, we, keep th- we keep this pace up, and in about three months, we're going to sound like a real podcast. Yeah, yeah. Give it a year or two. Yeah. So, uh, what I wanted to do is, uh, we're going to talk about things like what channel we would like to have it on, who we would have produce it, the the what the pilot would be, and just kind of the the feel of what the show would be and where it would go. So I'm going to kick it off to Jake to see what he has um, in his in his uh, his show prep here. Just, uh, Jake, what would you do if you were in charge of making the next Trek TV show? 
Well, um, for starters, I will say, as soon as you texted me this idea, I loved it. But yeah, I'm assuming I had the same reaction that um, probably 90% of Star Trek fans would have had, which would be their first thought is, okay, put this on HBO, make it really <laughs> gritty and violent, and they swear a lot and have sex and kill people a lot, you know? Yeah. Which was my first thought, and I'm like, no, as, as amazing as that could be. See, and I actually, I would like that. Oh, I, I, do, I would too, but I wanted to be a little more creative, so I was racking my brain to think of a... You know, a way to do it. And sure. Mine, my idea is uh, kind of a little off the wall. Okay. Uh, um, wouldn't feel like any of the original uh, series, obviously. Uh, for channel, I don't know. I'm going to go with HBO just because that <laughs> seems like the easiest answer. But they my, put out uh, good stuff. Right, and you know, more creative control and free reign and everything. But uh, my idea, when you're talking about who would produce it and mm-hmm. direct it or whatnot, yeah. my idea is a Star Trek set. Um, in the early days of the Federation, like the, you know, the first, say, decade or two. Sure. Um, maybe a little later because I think Sarek needs to be in it. But um, <laughs> Hell yeah, he does. But the idea is uh, to get Aaron Sorkin to write. Oh a, my gosh. A, um, poli- basically, base it, you know, on the planets and make it basically a political drama. And I think, it, you know, similar to like a West Wing style thing, but you have the whole. You know, new idea of just like the Federation of Planets and, and people are freaking out about like, oh my god, there's aliens, you know. Oh, and it man. just gets more and more intense like that. And I think uh, a hey, lot. But I mean, before you even keep going, I just want to give you like a major hats off for going yeah. with Aaron Sorkin. Like that guy oh, has yeah. made only shows I love. So I'm, I really, I'm, I want to hear where you're going to take this. Well, that's my problem. Is I really, I'm not Aaron Sorkin. So sure. I really go a whole lot further on that, but so you know they'll uh, talk quickly. What? You know that they'll speak very quickly. Oh, yes. And they'll, you know, you walk. They'll, the Enterprise, if they go on, it'll just turn into a maze of twisty hallways. <laughs> um, no, but I was really thinking about it that uh, I haven't watched much of the newsroom. Mm-hmm. It's Oregon's newest show, but I saw a few episodes recently and people are raving about it. Yeah, excellent and, show. Oh, yeah. It seems like it. And I like that he had um, sort of more freedom than he did with the West Wing to be more sort of heavy handed in his commentary, which mm-hmm. is kind of annoying, but also really interesting and sure. I really uh, just the whole idea of particularly the West Wing but Newsroom too of creating mm-hmm. something you know completely fictional that directly parallel that can directly parallel you know modern events and stuff sure it really it resonated with me because it's a lot in not obviously not in execution but the concept really similar to I think what Roddenberry had in mind for Star Trek originally yeah you know really exploring as much as it is, you know, the Wild West space opera. Sure. You know, also exploring, you know, all the social and political issues that... Oh, absolutely. You know, but And he had so much more freedom because of the setting. And I think that uh, for as much as... You know, it seems like every Star Trek has just been based on basically, you know, exploration and mm-hmm. a few characters. And I think it'd be fascinating to see how that, the political realm, comes into play. Okay. Know? And so I was thinking, I don't know who... Uh, main protagonist would be, but Sarek was the first name that popped into my head, because I think that just following around him as an ambassador, and also um, the whole unit, the you know, there's the judicial branch, there's the president of the Federation, and just sort of establish that as, you know, where the, the jumping off point is basically, you know, either the first president or a new president is appointed, and then what the hell's happening around and trying to manage 
you know, new races wanting to come into the alliance and mm-hmm. you know, renegade captains and uh, so would it be know, about civil rights, terrorism issues on other planets, things Ooh. like that. Now, would it be based around uh, the Federation of Planets as a whole, or would you would you focus on Vulcans or humans? Well, I that, that's the thing, and uh, as the more I looked into it, the more I was surprised I couldn't really find. Um, as much as they have a vague history laid out in mm-hmm. the Federation, the specifics of the political system as far as, you know, say, elections and different posts and different powers and all that seem... It seems like one of the few areas in the canon that seems very sort of free that you could kind of run with it. So I think my idea would be focused mostly on uh, wherever there would be sort of the central gathering I'm sure. of the Federation. I believe it's you know, San Francisco or whatnot. But uh, yeah, and just follow around sort of the day to day activities of the president and you know uh, ambassadors and things like that. As, so as now all this stuff's going on out in space. You're following it basically. You know how this reflects on society and the political system and everything. Okay, now if say this show was wildly successful and went on for seasons and seasons, would you want to have it run uh, like beneath TOS, like where the events of that are happening concurrently? Yeah, that was actually I I couldn't decide on the right time frame. For sure, it, but yeah, that's that would be about right I think because I just I love the Star characters so much. And I, oh know, sure, and one of my favorites why i love the sarah character so much is one of my favorite episodes of the original series is uh the journey to babel mm-hmm. the one um, where sarah comes down and basically representatives of a bunch of the different races come on for and uh and totally snubs spock and you know turns into like a, a dinner theater movie mystery with sure. a bunch of aliens but it's you know that was one of the few uh i think original series episodes that did sort of hint more at the political system and yeah you know, it was more intrigue as opposed to just, wow, something's crazy in space. What are we going to do? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It just, I, I don't know how much it's been explored in, like, novels and fan series and things like that. But oh, And I'm sure just, plenty of people have, have looked into it, but we haven't really gotten that sort of structure in a TV show because it's usually focused more on the action end of things or, like, the intrigue and never so much the... I mean, you could argue that TNG did a lot of stuff like that where they were always doing, like, diplomatic missions and all that. But it never really got into the the straight up governmental. How does the Federation of Planets work? How does you know one planet interact with the other, and and how are these alliances formed or broken or you know X Y Z? And I well I think that like as I was saying, hey, you can there's going to be lots and lots of room for social commentary type sure. of things. Because um, I mean, if you something crazy happens in the world, you want to comment on it, just invent yourself a race and say that they're doing the same thing. Yeah. You know? But uh, I just also so much of this is you have to sort of suspend your disbelief and just be like, well, this is how the world is or the galaxy is now. And that's and easy enough to really do in the Star Trek the universe. Early, the early parts. I'm sorry. I said that's easy enough to do in the Star Trek universe. Mm. Oh yeah, totally. But I think it would just be really fascinating to see what. You know, mm-hmm. like the when they're forming this alliance and they're drafting the original charter constitution and all that, just what that, not only what it means to the people in the system, but also to the, the citizens. Like, what is life on Earth or on Vulcan mm-hmm. like at that point? And, you know, I'm sure that, as with any of these things, there's probably, you know, massive factions of the different races that yeah. don't support, you know, don't support the Federation, some that are pro-Federation, you know. There's just so much room to play around and, you know, create, sort of expand the whole universe. Yeah. 
And now, do you have a, a specific jump-on point, like where the first episode would begin? No, that was... Um, I was sort of torn on that. I was thinking sure. originally that it would be as they're uh, drafting the original charter. But, okay. Uh, I think it would probably have to take place a little later if I want Sarek on there. I'm not sure. Now, so. that would be kind of a cool place to jump on, like start the episode, like... At an undisclosed time where you see a number of different races signing that charter. Right. And then mm-hmm. it cuts away to why certain things are, are written in said charter. Mm. And so the episodes could... Uh, and this is, I mean, obviously this is your idea, so I don't want to uh, stomp on it too much, but oh, no, 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 it'd no, be no. kind of cool to have somebody like reading like, oh, this was written in here, I wonder where that came from. And then mm. you get sort of like that vignette of... Well, here was the the diplomatic mission that didn't quite go as planned, but it cultivated a lot of interesting thoughts. Mm. Oh yeah, I think that, and um, it, as I keep sort of harping on, it just seems mm-hmm. like the whole society of that universe, or these societies yeah. of that universe, are really uh, they're always in the background for richness. But it'd just be so fascinating to see because just that little bit of backstory. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, as much as I, you know, a lot of either loved this movie or hated it, I, mm-hmm. uh, it was one thing I really liked about uh, District 9 popping in my head. Because oh, was, yeah, yeah. That was one of the few times where it was like an alien invasion thing where a lot of the point was just, oh, well, you know, not, oh, they're coming to kill us or they just, yeah, here. holy crap, it's, well, they're here. Yeah, <laughs> they're how stuck. Do, how do we bring them into society and what's that going to mean? How are people going to react? And, yeah. You know. And see, that would be another kind of fun thing that you could look into in, in your speculative show mm-hmm. uh, would be the, the first contact we make because the first race that we do meet, um, which was explained in Enterprise, is the first planet we meet are the Vulcans or the first right. race we meet are the Vulcans. It would be mm-hmm. interesting to have that sort of awkward moment where oh, it's yeah. like, oh, hey, sure. you're a humanoid that's not a human. Mm-hmm. And just kind of see like what that interaction would have been like, the sort of... I'm sure initial fear, but then the sort of like both governments being like, well, we're not alone. So what happens next? Right. And so that, that's such a rich environment that you have. And, and like I said, you can do that not only with all the existing races, but you can create, you could even create other races that may not have been mentioned or, you know, things like that. And there's just so much room to roam on that. It's almost, it almost be overwhelming without a, you know, very focused direction, but I think it'd be incredible. The my one caveat for it is that mm-hmm. it wouldn't really feel like a Star Trek show. You know, it would feel like a spin-off. <clears throat> and, and sure, and like that's that's one of those things that you you almost have to deal with. But I, again, I feel like Enterprise didn't really feel like a, a super traditional Star Trek show. I mm-hmm. feel like Deep Space Nine definitely didn't feel oh, like a, a traditional show because they weren't going anywhere. They were right. just on an old mm-hmm. Kardashian junker. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they, they had some of that diplomatic sort of stuff. They had that sort of interacting with other races. But it was more like, oh, you're on our space station and we're trying to all be cool with each other sort of thing. It mm-hmm. never really looked into like the, well, eh, this is how the government system works or this is a, a court or this is how this branch works. Right. So, and I, um, yeah, it's the, the sort of nitty gritty boring details mm-hmm. of, you know, the inner workings of government would actually be very interesting just because yeah. of the universe and the crazy cast of characters. I also think it'd be cool. I don't know. I probably wouldn't want to make it actually Kirk, but there's a <laughs> lot of interesting little 
character bits you could have. Like, as we know, you know, Kirk ends up being promoted to Admiral. Yeah. Uh, later on, it would be interesting to me to see him if he becomes, you know, a major force and yeah. ends up as like in like a Secretary of Defense role or Ooh. military advisor role or something like that. That and could like be kind his of his sort of his sort of cowboy, you know, gung ho attitude clashing with the bureaucracies and you know all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that could be really fun too. Mm-hmm. And and also if you kind of look. Uh, look back into the extended universe there's a lot of stuff where um uh sulu becomes a captain mm-hmm, and he yeah. becomes a pretty big part of the government system mm-hmm. and i mean obviously maybe you could or couldn't get george decay to to reprise his role obviously i would beg beg to have him be in it um, he doesn't even have to act he can just i mean he can just talk <laughs> i don't care exactly um but like that that would be another thing is like you, you could do that sort of like featured like during sweeps week sort of thing where it's like oh here's this character that you know about and here's how mm. they fit into the system right you can do all sorts of crossovers and things like that and i also think one of the things that was so weird about star trek was just because well at first because it was cheaper but because of you know roddenberry's views and everything the whole universe is so human centric very yeah um the other races i mean there's lore there there's backstory Mm -hmm. you know and i think that that would be ripe for a lot of tension there as well with all the other races sort of feeling like they're getting you know swept under the rug because the humans pretty much call the shots in the federation yeah especially considering that they weren't like the they weren't a big player for a long time Mm. so and then of course all sorts of wars and alliances and all that fun stuff yeah Obviously, oh, uh, the alliance, the time frame I'm fuzzy on, but mm-hmm. just things like the uh, the alliance, the initial alliance with the Klingons would be. Ooh, okay. You know, that that would be drama right there. You know that. Absolutely. <laughs> mm. Okay, well that's good. I I like a lot of that. That is like, <laughs> is a complete 180 from where I'm going in, in almost every <laughs> single way. Because oh, I kind of thought that it was kind of 180 from my original thought, but I just <laughs> it popped into my head the other day and I was like, this is. Actually, this could be really interesting. Yeah, and and I I would actually totally why oh hell I'd watch any Trek show that came on. I'm yeah, <laughs> just true. I'm begging for producers to come up with something. Um, but no, my idea is actually probably going to piss off a lot of people. So uh, Trekkies, I I apologize ahead of time, but my show I would want to have on the CW. Uh, okay. And uh, I. That's about the last thing I expected you to say. I know, I know. And I've been I've been talking about this with friends and, and it's kind of all over the place on whether people think this is brilliant or the dumbest idea I've ever had. Uh, I, w- I would have it produced by uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, who did uh, the Gilmore Girls, and Alfred mm-hmm. Goh, who did um, who did Smallville. Uh-huh. And so this would take place well into the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, humanity is actually kind of on the decline. Where, okay. like, they haven't advanced enough and they're starting... They're not like they're on the brink of extinction or anything, mm. but their numbers are falling. Right. Um, and so, uh, where I would want to take this is start the pilot out uh, with a bunch of Starfleet Academy people uh, mm. traveling to, like, a, a graduation ceremony on a ship being captained by, um, like, a, a teacher of theirs or a principal or, you know... Mm. Uh, some sort of commanding officer type that is is Klingon, and have basically uh, have all these kids like people who are about to graduate, like the the smarter kids from the the lower classes, all on this ship, 
and suddenly they are diverted into the neutral zone. Uh-huh. And it turns out that their teacher is betraying Starfleet, uh, betraying the Federation of Planets, and trying to sacrifice these kids for the Klingon Empire uh-huh. as, as sort of like a, a, I don't know, dick move. Right. Yeah. And so that is kind of a dick move. Absolutely. And so it would be like I would establish this sort of Captain Kirk type character who's like the head of his class, kind of a dick to everyone, trying to bang all the mm-hmm. girls. And then he's teamed up with this Klingon who's betraying all of them. Uh, and then through some sort of accident, I wanted to have the Captain Kirk character completely maimed. Like, we're talking okay. brain dead, <laughs> like, barely functioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, they would overtake this this evil captain teacher guy, throw him mm-hmm. in the brig with the, uh, the now brain dead Kirk type character. So he just has to live in this horror of the fact that he maimed a child and didn't succeed mm-hmm. in his mission. But I would have these kids completely lost in the neutral zone, miles and miles away, and completely lost. Mm. And uh, I have have a main character who's kind of introverted, maybe has some antisocial tendencies where he's not really attentive to other people's needs or cares and is kind of cold. I have him either be human or Andorian, and uh, I know there's two completely different races, but... um, (laughs) But have him kind of slowly edge into this sort of captain's role, making him sort of a non-traditional captain-type character. And he's he's right. not, like, none of these characters are ready for the the sort of stuff that they're in for. Like, they have mm-hmm. all the training, but none of the experience. Right. And so um, another thing I would have is two Vulcans that mm-hmm. were, like, top of their class, totally, like, brilliant, but they're also promised to each other. Um through the the Vulcan, or, excuse me, the the Vulcan uh, arranged marriages, right? Uh, that that Vulcans do, mm-hmm. and um, what I would establish is the the female Vulcan has no desire to get married. She wants to mm-hmm. pursue uh, becoming a captain, maybe eventually an admiral, and become part of like a part of the system, sort of thing. Right. And so, um, out of his love for his prospective wife, the other Vulcan promises to kill himself when it gets to mm. that time. Wow. And so how I would have that eventually work out is having him um, act like he's committed suicide somewhere on the ship mm. with the aid of one of the other cast members and then have him clip his ears, dye his hair, uh, <laughs> change his eyebrows, uh, mm. and make him seem as human as possible. Right. Uh, even to the point where I'm thinking, um, like, where he would learn to be human from the the main character, who, or right. like the captain type character, who is mm. trying to become less emotional because he's right. so afraid of what it implies of him as a captain. So, having a human and, and or maybe Andorian or whatever, having a human and a Vulcan kind of trade roles, right? Where the human is trying so hard to be emotionless, and the Vulcan is trying so hard to show emotions but it's so mm. unfamiliar to him right uh and then uh without getting too like battle starry <laughs> i kind of want them to feel on their own uh-huh. but i do want them to be able to get things that kids their age shouldn't have like whether it's alcohol or like space drugs uh-huh. or whatever so i figured <laughs> i would have like a sort of skeezy ferengi kid there you go who had a quote-unquote cousin that would keep showing up in these little transport ships and dropping off contraband or one thing or another just to cause more like wacky, silly sort of mm-hmm. hijinks uh, mm-hmm. stuff. And also, 
uh, to completely round out the cheesiness of my universe is I would actually want them to like all watch a TV show called Keeping Up with the Cardassians. Of course. We've made a thousand yeah. jokes about it, and you know Clearly. what? Just hit it right on the head. Don't be subtle about it. Just mm. just have it exist in the Star Trek <laughs> universe and just be like, you know what? I'd deal with it. That would be kind of awesome. We could, they, could, uh, they could do some cameos. <laughs> if they actually had the Cardassians dress up as Cardassians. Yeah, as Cardassians, yeah. Oh, that'd be uh, awesome. Well, actually, um, interesting. That's also not, not at all where I thought you were going to go with that. Right. Uh, I like the idea of them being sort of on their own. It's uh, got that... I hate to say it. It's got that sort of Lord of the, Lord of the Flies vibe. Kind of, yeah, that's so, that's a little bit of what I was thinking. They're, they're much older, but uh, so then um, week to week, say, mm-hmm. like, are they, you know, are they just cut off from the Federation entirely, and like they're just trying to stumble their way through and get home, or is there some? That's something I've been struggling mission, with. Mission, or are they like, you know. Um, that's just I don't yeah, yeah I know and that that's such a problem is like since I want to throw them into the neutral zone just because mm-hmm. that's where the most danger is and where kids have no business being mm-hmm. um yeah I don't I don't know like I I want them to be cut off but I also kind of like the idea of them having like the the mean parents of mm-hmm. you know Starfleet calling mm-hmm. them being like yo you guys got to get back here now right and then being like nope we can't we've got a mission Mm. And and I would ultimately like to have them, like, find a mission, find an ultimate goal that is always just outside their reach. Mm. And so yeah, this that would... Was, go ahead. That was sort of what I was thinking, too, is that they could... if Whether they're cut off or not, if they have something that they, for some reason, personally feel like they need to accomplish mm. that's not necessarily authorized yeah, you know, by the Federation, then that could be... A way yeah. that you can keep them connected to it, but still, you know, on their own. And that's the thing is, like, I, I figured if they got too close to the Federation, they would just take the ship away and be like, "Well, that's done." Right. Exactly. And so it'd be a very short and lose, show, and you'd lose your, all your intrigue with like the sort of self-imposed hierarchy and all that, because they'd be like, "Well, no, you're captain, and then you're first officer." And yeah, and I, yeah. I want there to be a lot of fights about that, about who's in charge, about who runs what, about who does this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to kind of explore the idea of the the humans not the humans kind of being the minority because right. in every Trek show there's a lot of humans and, and maybe you'll oh, yeah. get one or two other races but you never really get like inundated with people that are not humans or you know beings that are not humans and I would like to explore that being like well Starfleet and the Federation are a lot less human now I mean right. they're they're still part of it but the humans are just kind of like that. Just another race, like anybody else. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that's funny. That's that's one theme I think we were both shooting at there. Is yeah. Explore the other cultures a little more. Oh, absolutely. And so I, uh, <clears throat> I would like to ahead. do a lot more like the away missions, like mm. you saw a lot of in TOS and less so in yeah. TNG. Like I, I want to get back to that sort of like, well, we're kids, we're on this planet, and we don't know anything about it. That sort of. That old West feeling that I usually talk mm. about when I when I talk about old Star Trek episodes, oh, yeah. where you're just completely lost, and mm. that's such a fun thing to do, and especially because what what I was thinking with my show is kind of bring Star Trek to the the kids that saw the J.J. Abrams movie, and we're mm. like, wow, this is really cool. I would like to look into this further, right. and have a show that kind of explains a lot of, not directly, but shows a lot of the mythos that have been built up over the decades and decades and books and movies and, and fan fiction and all this other stuff that 
has built up the Star Trek universe and just kind of fill a younger audience in on what makes Star Trek such uh, a fascinating uh, franchise. Yeah, that could be pretty awesome. I'm not, uh, this sounds like a uh, hijack here, and it's not, but uh, okay. the one thing that popped in my head is mm-hmm. different, that um, is something that I just thought of that would be interesting now. Yeah. And it couldn't quite be as you know lighthearted, I don't think. <laughs> As uh, you wanted to, but I was thinking thinking about you know, being cut off from the Federation or whatnot. Wouldn't it be interesting to have a series set like that, for maybe with the same opening um, mm-hmm. idea? Yeah. But the reason that they stay cut off is because, um, like, a civil war breaks out or something, and the Federation Ooh. is either in the midst of fighting or they actually lose, and you know, and it's just kind of a broken power, so they're just kind of a rogue, like a. You know. Oh, I really like that. Actually, I not ne- not necessarily like pirates or you know what I mean, but like they're just yeah. sort of a, their own entity. Like they have to, uh, like you said, getting the drugs and supplies. Like they have to yeah. get supplies from, you know, maybe shady places and turn it. You know, they're almost like a. And I also kind of figured that we you could form like kind of a Hannibal Lecter sort of relationship with the the Klingon that they would have in the brig, mm-hmm. where it's like he's trying oh, to yeah. screw them over, but they also ask him for advice because he's still their teacher. Or at least was in some semblance. Mm. And so I feel like that'd be kind of a fun thing to explore. It's like, look, they don't trust him because he tried to get them all killed. Mm. But they they don't know anything about, you know, being out there in the middle of nowhere in space and having a, a ship and a crew and trying to keep everyone alive and have supplies. and. Mm. That, that would be actually pretty cool because could, you could do a lot with that character. Yeah. Just to, you know, he's like, he's an antagonist, but you could make him... It's weird to say about it. Playing out the humanized thing. Yeah. Oh, and I'd want him to be vaguely likable. Whether whether you yeah. add him in as like a little bit of humor, like they did with Worf, where it's like he's right. very harsh, but they put him into silly situations. You put a funny mm. hat on him, and it's like, oh, Worf's fun now. Worf as a as a cowboy or sheriff or whatever that was was pretty fantastic. Oh so. yeah, and and Fistful of Data's we're going to talk mm. about real soon, and and I love that episode. Oh, it's great. But it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you can use Worf. As a funny character, even when mm. he's not, when the character is not trying to be funny, you put right. people he's in a, a different situation. Character. I mean, oh yeah. Really, I mean, but that's as part of the. That's really where the humor derives from. Is you know. sure. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like uh, actually both these ideas. I'm still just so like shocked that I didn't think of Aaron Sorkin first. <laughs> yeah, I just got lucky, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I was watching my roommate was watching the newsroom, and I was like, oh. Hey. Yeah, and, and I, that's another thing that would actually be kind of fun to do in in a series is show what sort of entertainment crews watch or, right. or take in. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Picard always was either listening to classical music, or in a couple episodes you see him playing an instrument, or this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as entertainment goes, that's another thing I really wanted to look into in my series. It's like it's a bunch of kids, like. Kids have hell. Adults have really short attention spans. Oh yeah. And so they're trapped on a ship in the middle of space, and they really don't have anywhere to land aside from whatever planet they're nearest to. And even then, they can't stay there. Mm-hmm. So it'd be kind of fun to see, like, what do they do for fun? Do they have a talent show? Do they have an open mic mm-hmm. night? Like, what what do you do mm-hmm. when you're out there? Because I've I've read like um, books where it's like talking about people that have survived in uh, like a, a cave in or something like that. And the most successful ones are always ones where they have, and this is going to sound silly, where they've had a talent show. 
<laughs> where like they do stuff to keep each other entertained, and that is what. Uh, I mean, they credit it as this. I don't know if it's scientifically true or not, but like they credit that as being what kept them alive. Mm. Like just the idea of keeping your mind active, keeping yourself entertained, keeping people happy. Right. Yeah. And so that would be kind of fun to explain. Like it's it's mm. a ship without a map, and that that's really where I want my series to be. Right. I like that, and that is one thing they always hint. You know, sci-fi is really good at just hinting. At the culture, like the cultural background, like what is their pop culture of the time? The TV show, you know, and that's what I really wanted. That sort of thing. What sort of entertainment? They always they'll come up with a game, Mm -hmm. like chess or poker or something, and then that's it. Yeah, you know, they don't really go into much more detail. And that's the thing is like they there's holodecks, and that's that seems like an easy Mm -hmm. way to explain away how they have fun as they do these simulations. Except they always break. Yeah. And that, well, that would be by, by the time that uh, yours takes place, they actually figured out how to do one that doesn't <laughs> constantly try to kill them. Right. Either that or that's all it's for. <laughs> it's just a death sentence. <laughs> and that. Uh, well, that's one of those things that uh, in, in Deep Space Nine, they basically turned them into whorehouses. Mm. Which is imagine, I, or excuse me, is what I imagine they would just kind of turn into, especially if you had a ship oh. full of teenagers. Or so, I mean, that what. If you were granted free reign to that technology right now, yes, what would you do? Bang everything exactly in the universe. I would, I would look up new races just to program them in and bang them all. Oh hell yes, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Is that single-minded? Absolutely. Is it what I would do in real life? Absolutely. Oh, of course. And then, then you could have your you know, Matrix-style kung fu fights and jump off buildings. But... And then bang the people in kung fu fighting. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yes, it well, uh, good, speaking of, good phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, the, we're talking about the culture, one thing yeah. I, I just love about it, it's not just Trek, it's every sci-fi thing ever. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is always so funny to me that no matter what happens... No matter when they are, whatever, mm-hmm. they always keep managing to find themselves like inundated with the culture of exactly when the TV show is made. <laughs> you know, no matter what, you know, like yeah. Like, well, the original Star Trek, it's like blah blah. Oh my God, we have to travel back to 1967. Yeah. Or, or well, like, uh, well, there's always uh, Doctor, uh, Doctor Who is the, the worst offender. Oh my gosh, five hundred yeah. million years in the future, watching the end of Earth, and they're like, hey, check it out. Earth classical music and they played right like that would still exist top sell I think but it was like (laughs) you know it's never uh, you know they always go directly to that period which it's funny for you know it's cute and it's good for jokes but it just bothers me yeah now in in your series would you tie in time travel sort of stuff or would you keep it a little bit more on the serious side well I think that all the what's interesting to imagine to me is that you have a you know, we always pretty much get one crew, one ship yeah. around on one mission. But imagining that there could be hundreds or thousands of these crews on different sorts of missions all over the galaxy, and some group of people have to deal with it back home. You know what I would love it. to see so on it's your like show? The time travel and all the crazy, you know, crazy discoveries and you know, civil rights problems and all that are mm-hmm. just going to be sort of funneled back from the front or whatever yeah and uh so i mean i would use it use them as plot points but i wouldn't actually the actual show itself would take place very much you know sort of structured yeah 
Now, they're see, gonna, something I want to... If you're in San Francisco, mm-hmm. you're not going to wander your way into a you know a time rift. Sure. Um, but something I would love to see your show deal with, and, and something that I would write in a thousand times into mine, is the Mirror Universe. Uh-huh. Like, how would the Federation deal with, like, the first time someone's like, yo, we just kind of switch places with people in an alternate timeline that's much like ours, but we're all bad guys. What do you guys think about that sort of thing? Would be a really fun episode just for them to be talking speculatively, and that that would be a great time to tie in someone like Sarek because he's, I mean, he's, he's a astronomer, astrophysicist, or, or something along those lines. But mm-hmm. that would be a great thing to have as like, oh, he's a scientist, and someone who's like kind of at the forefront of the, the Federation's dealings. Right. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. in mine, I would use that as, I, I that would just be a pure comedy episode for me <laughs> if I did that. I would have mirror universes or just have like the crews completely switch shifts or have them mm. keep running into their mirror universe selves mm. and just hating each other sort of thing mm. <laughs> and have that become like a, a fencing match with no winner right so well, that would be I, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that but the um, you know the mirror universe mm-hmm. world is interesting because I love the, the mirror universe whatever replaced I forget the, what they called it but whatever replaced the federation in that world you know obviously militaristic and all that but yeah it would be an interesting just in general an interesting thing to deal with like the first time that you know they end up in the mirror universe and then they get back and then they report to Starfleet and, and see I sudden, like the idea that Starfleet would cover it they're like um wait so there's an alternate universe where we're militaristic assholes like how did and what what? What do we do? You know, like, and see, I want to see, I want to see the Federation cover that up and pretend like it never happened, oh, and then when Kirk bumps too. into it, mm. then there's clearly got to be a lot of that, a lot of cover-ups, a lot of keeping info from the public, you know, and yeah, about everything. And even have that tie in with like key episodes of um, of all the series, really, is imply mm-hmm. that like later this is going to come up as a problem, or or have um, Doctor Song, the guy that invented data, show up. Mm-hmm. And have that become a, a thing about like what constitutes life, mm-hmm. like the the whole struggle that data goes through is like, you know he's he's sentient he has thoughts, and have this mm-hmm. thing where uh, Doctor uh, Sigan whatever would uh, mm-hmm. Noonan mm-hmm. um, data's creator like have him be sort of an activist for artificial intelligence as a, a life form. Right, and that could be a really fun episode, especially when you think mm. about the, the politics when people bring up stuff like, oh, when is a life a life, or, or, uh, like with old folks, they want to pull the plug, like talk about all those sort of, um, not not necessarily religious, but sort of spiritual mm. conflicts that you would have with something like an artificial intelligence, mm. and just uh. like you could bring up so much fun stuff with that, and have so many great political debates and like. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Just you've think got about such a much, rich sandbox, right? There's just so much, so much to run with it. And think about how much, just you know, how highly insane the political system would have to be to deal with that whole universe in general. You have, you know, artificial life forms. You're regularly meeting life forms that you've never seen before. They're right. Nothing like anything you've ever experienced. And you have to figure out how they're gonna <laughs> integrate that or not get killed by it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, you can. And there's so much room for. Some of the more heavy-handed stuff, like you know, that all of a sudden there's just with data and that you know there could be activists and that could parallel so many things. You know, whether it's um, 
civil rights or abortion or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can parallel them so easily. And then there's also, of course, uh, you know, there can be uh, wars breaking out on distant planets and, you know, small terrorist-type organizations that they run into. And you know, I imagine uh, you can have a lot of fun if you had a hostage situation. Mm. With your oh, show, yeah. just because like the negotiations going on between that are on, on such a much larger scale, because mm. it's not just a guy with a gun inside of a bank, it's right. a planet, and mm. their entire government or governments or cultures or any number of plurals that you can throw in there. Like there's so much mm. more if there is one race being held captive against their will on another planet. That could mm. be really cool to deal with. Oh yeah, because that could mm. be like years, not just a couple hours. Mm, right, and that's that's one thing I was thinking about. You could either do it as sort of a West Wing format, where it's like mm-hmm. a year, a series, or a season is a year. Sure, and it's pretty normal. But you could also, if you felt like it, you could probably somehow, if you came up with a framing device, you could really jump around a lot because yeah. there's so many. That's another weird thing about Star Trek. Is there's so many massive, huge developments for like technology and mm-hmm. first contact and things like that that are. Um, you know, they're, they're usually just kind of like, oh, yeah, this happened. Like, oh, yeah, Cochran invented warp drive. Yeah. There's this massive genetic wars in the 90s, <laughs> you know, and like uh, so many massive events that probably had gigantic cultural repercussions, but you just kind of always see them in the mirror like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. And Whereas with yours, you would have to face it. Right. I mean, imagining, you know, what would what would society do the day that, uh, what's his name? Was it Zephram Cochran or whatever? All of a sudden, yeah. it's like, hey, check it out. Yeah, warp drive, it works. <laughs> Can you imagine what like the world would do at that point? Or like, oh, oh they'd, they'd lose their found, mind. They found Vulcans, <laughs> you know, like yeah. But if you look at the world that takes place, and, and you're you're speaking directly about uh, Star Trek: First Contact, which mm. might be my favorite Star Trek movie. Right. Um, but like, if you look at that, the the world doesn't seem quite as connected as it is like now. If you look at right now, even though that mm. takes place in what 2063, was it? That's, I have that written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, but they made it seem like the world was less connected, and so I gotta wonder, like, like what's going on in the background there? Which is definitely something that, um, could be looked into in your series. Is like, where did things get their beginnings? Where, like, look at the history of that movie that takes place in the past. Like, keep keep turning back the dial, keep turning back mm. the clock, and saying like, hey, what is this? What what are we looking at? Right. And um, I also think I, I just wanted to bring it up because I mentioned the sure. Genex forces. <laughs> you could you would have to bring in the con character because I mean think about all the political intrigue that we don't see in Star Trek. Oh sure, like why were they know, frozen? Like the, the whole con thing was huge, and that was yeah. You know, I'm, you know well even the uh, the Mitchell thing, like you know mm-hmm. stranding stranding this this crew this you know, respected member of Starfleet just stranding it. Do we strand him? Do we kill him? Can we court martial him? You know there's uh, you know, it, we see how it affects the handful of people directly around them. Yeah. But you know that, you know, the Starfleet admirals hear these reports and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to deal with this? Really? Yeah. Then that, that's... I can't, wait, there's a, there's a genetic Superman that's been asleep <laughs> for 300 years and yeah. you want to maroon him on a planet because he's dangerous. What are we going to do about this? Because, oh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> see, in my no series, calls, I would also... figure this out. <laughs> I would also like to, uh, in my series, bring up a, a character uh, from from TOS that I wish they would have brought back in some of the other series, and that is Galactic Douchebag Harry Mudd. 
Now, did you uh, see any of the episodes with him? I know I did. I he is he's a con time. man. Mm-hmm. And and in the first episode he shows up with like these mail order brides and like he's just this uh. incredibly <laughs> sleazy character. Mm. And I don't care. Make him 600 years old. Let, just say he's mm. genetically lucky or something like that. But it's one of those characters that's just too much fun not to play with. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> mm. well, these these are both actually pretty well fleshed out ideas. I'm, I'm surprised that both, both of ours actually turned out to well, be I thought you were pretty... just going to dick on me right there. I'm really <laughs> surprised. You're not a moron. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That'll be on the blog later. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, well, great. I, I mean, this is really... Uh, all we have for today we've got more stuff coming up real soon with more discussions more commentaries more everything a lot so, more dick jokes too this, well, this episode was sadly dick joke free right and that's because we Weird. both took the high road we weren't like hey it's like Star Trek but with Bonin uh, yeah, so, I would watch though I would definitely watch that there's a Star Trek porn parody not well, that I've want, seen it too. or own it I want, I want a little plot too oh no I don't I don't need any of that Okay. <laughs> so, if you want to check us out on the web, you can uh, look us up at battleplanetpodcast.com slash trexticles. That's T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. On Twitter, similarly, at trexticles, T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. On the tweeters, you can follow me at the Bad Pat Ryan, or email me if you have any questions about the show, or if you want to talk about anything. Uh, my email address is thebadpatryan at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-D-P-A-T-R-Y-A-N. Jake, you have anything to, to press for yourself? Oh, I, I think that we need uh, we need to set ourselves up a Trexicles email account. Uh, yeah, that's right. We need to. We're, we're getting there. This yeah. Is, is coming together. Next week, guys. Stay tuned. I'll come up with a decent email address for us. How about Trexicles? It's got... Uh, there's no one that can't be claimed yet. Trexicles Who knows? We'll yeah. Try. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll come. I'll do that as soon as the episode's over. I'll register that. Trexticles at gmail dot com. If, if it bounces back or somebody's like, "Who the hell are you?" Uh, we didn't get it in time. Yeah. Um, but until next time, I am Pat. Over there, I've got Jake. Thank you all for listening in. You can subscribe to us on the iTunes. Just look us up, Trexticles, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> supposed to be something going on right now uh no i added it in post oh uh, you just cut it in okay yeah it's it's a little easier that way uh cool. so.